You're listening to episode number 35 of the Healthy Essentials Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mustard, your host, and today we are interviewing a good friend of mine named Sadie Webster. She has been teaching yoga for over 11 years in the Ottawa area. She is now actually teaching teachers, so she is a yoga teacher trainer. She is one of my favorite human beings. We started working together about two years ago, and you'll hear Sadie's story. But the reason why today's podcast episode is so incredible is because, uh, you'll hear me say that a lot actually in most of our episodes is that little drum roll, which is cute and also annoying if you hate it, but sorry. We are now deep into the podcast uh, season and we are on, like I said, episode number 35. We're going to be taking a short little break, but it is perfectly timed with the Christmas giveaways. And yes, that is giveaways because it's plural. We have two that we're running. If you're part of my private Facebook group, it's totally free to join. It's women's only. It's on Facebook. I'm giving away over $600 of Terra Central Oils. If you are on Instagram and you're following me, I am giving away about $2,000 worth of prizes. And it's everything from natural honey, genuine health products, love good fat bars. There's also essential oils in there as well. There's restaurant gift cards, gift cards to international things like booster juice, things like that. So there's lots of goodies uh, packed in there. Giveaway is running from December the 13th, so Friday, um, until December the 24th. So make sure that you get in there. There's all of the details in the show notes, but also in the links in my Instagram and my Facebook page so you won't miss a beat. If you're on my email list, you will also get a preview in terms of what is coming for the giveaway. So don't miss that either. Like I said, two giveaways happening. The third thing is we have the Healthy Essentials Challenge running. If you have no idea what this is, it is kind of like the program I took Sadie through a few years ago and I revamped it, improved it a lot, and then educated myself a lot more. But there's so many more moving elements to it, but I've simplified everything so that it's concrete, it's clear, and it's easy for you to understand, but it's also applicable so you can make the recipes, you can freeze everything. There's no confusion, there's no kerfuffle, there's no questions about what to do, when, or what to eat, because there's nothing complicated about it. I'm really, really excited to be announcing that. So the Essentials Challenge, what it is, it's a 30-day group coaching program with me, very similar to what I did with Sadie. However, there are elements of nutrition, essential oils, and there's also a lot of lifestyle tips. It's 30 days of group coaching with me. It's enclosed through a private Facebook group. It's not only for women, but it is only for doTERRA customers. That being said, because essential oils play such a huge part, you do need uh, the top 10 oils. So you need lemon, lavender, peppermint, tea tree, oregano, and frankincense. OnGuard, Easy Air, Digest Sun, and Deep Blue. That's kind of like your intro kit. So if you've ever gotten started with doTERRA, you likely have that, but you'll also need the supplements. If you're like, what the heck, Lindsay, that's a lot to get started. The coaching program is free. I would typically charge 500 bucks a head. You would still have to go and get your supplements, all of your food on top of that. That being said, I'm not feeding you, so don't get too excited about that, but I will be giving you over 50 essential oil infused recipes that help with heavy metal detox, that help with elimination, that help with digestion, that help with energy and mood support and immunity. Everything is included in there. You have essentially 30 days of oil education with me. We have six webinars for our weekly live calls and two our kickoff calls just to make sure that you have everything in place and that there's no questions or confusions about anything and where to start. You have meal plans, you have templates, you have self-care scorecards that can earn you free oils. Yes, I'm giving away extra free oils even after the giveaway, but that's just for you guys. It's my thank you. It's my way of, you know, helping you improve your health, but also thanking you for being a part of such an incredible community and helping fulfill this dream goal of mine of being a girl boss. (laughs) Yes, girl boss or um, a female, female boss for life. 
So with that being said, if you want to join the Healthy Essentials Challenge, you do need to have oils. These supplements, I am strongly recommending to everyone because it's a baseline foundation that I have all of my clients on. It's what I've been taking for close to the last year now. I have endless amounts of energy, but it's also replaced about 60 to 70% of supplements that I take. For most people though, that's like 99%. Um, being a nutritionist, you do take a lot of superfoods because you know the benefits of them. But for most people, this is just their foundation that replaces everything from their multi to their fish oil, to their turmeric, uh, to their pretty much like anything like spirulina or whatever greens that they're taking because there's so much nutrition packed in this essential oil infused supplement line. So this is a really, really long intro, but I want to take some extra time because this interview with Sadie has been something that I've wanted to do for a long time is to highlight clients of mine and their successes and to show my deep appreciation for their commitment and their level of enthusiasm and just their their trusting ability in me to guide them in the right direction because I know that making change is really scary because there's so much uncertainty of whether the results will come. And I'm here to assure you that results come with time, but it comes with being patient, but also persistent. And you have to persevere when you have those moments of idling, when you feel like your weight loss is stalled or when you feel like you're not really making any change or you're going backwards or, you know, it's that two step forward like 14 step back mentality you really just need a coach in your corner who's going to kind of like rough you up as if you're in a boxing match and you know throw some water on you and then you know pat you on the shoulder and get back out I'm a bit more loving and caring in the sense of I have a conversation with you I'm supportive I'm checking in on you on not a daily basis but as close as I can but ensuring that you know that you have a tribe of of women and and there's some men in there um but a tribe of uh people who are as supportive um, and nurturing as I am but also only want to see the best in you and for you to succeed so with that being said my little ramble is over this podcast intro is officially done and you can hear from one of my favorite people Sadie Webster if you are looking for a yoga teacher training this girl is it uh, she has a couple coming up in February and March I tagged all of her handles in the show notes below for you to check her out but please without further ado let me help or let me help <laughs> oh god we're not re-recording this intro let oh Yep, tongue twister. This is the fifth intro of the day. Um, please help me welcome Sadie Webster to the podcast. Before we tuck into the show, I do want to take a moment to thank our show's sponsors. We have two main anchors that I am humbled to have sponsor and be a part of the show and support us as much as they do. The first one being Love Good Fats. If you've never heard of them before, they're a Toronto-based keto company that specializes in making the most, I, I always say, wrapper-looking worthy keto bars. Uh, they are packed with wholesome fats, but also a little bit of protein, and they are very low in sugar, meaning it's one to two grams with plenty of fiber. If you haven't tried their bars before... You can pick them up pretty much everywhere now because they're so, so popular, but major grocery stores, health food stores, and I've even seen them at Costco in major deals and savings. Um, there's also their shake mixes as well if you want something that's a little bit more filling for a lunch or if you want to add it to a smoothie or you can even make my keto coffee creamer with it. So if you want to purchase any goodies from Love Good Fats, you can use my discount code Lindsay1234 and that'll get you 20% off your order. The second company that I like to thank is uh, Kaizen Naturals. So Kaizen Naturals, I also approached about two years ago and it was when I was looking for some clean sports supplementation. I've never been a fan of drinking anything with aspartame 
or any artificial sweeteners or anything along those lines. I used to deviate from them from using them in the gym because they would often give me headaches and I would find that I would be ending workouts early. Whereas now with Kaizen Naturals, it's kind of like a hassle to drag me out of the gym because I still have so much energy. There's no crash after the workouts for me and it's clean tasting uh, sports supplementation that I love and so do all my friends who try it. So um, if you've never heard of Kaizen Naturals, they are the cleanest of sports brands but they don't use any artificial flavorings, colorings, sweeteners, dyes, anything along those lines. I love, 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 and it's important that you emphasize that, their vegan uh, protein powder, specifically their chocolate, and I love their two natural uh, pre-workouts. The first one is pink lemonade, second one is an iced tea, they're both sweetened with stevia, and then the third thing I love is their green apple BCAAs because they're all natural, baby. So with that being said, if you want to use my discount code, you can use Lindsay20 for 20% off your order. And sometimes we even have a random 30% that goes off and I will let you know when that happens. But without further ado, I want to get into today's show, but I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for being so incredibly supportive of this because if not, we would not be here. So thank you to Love Good Fats and Kaiser Naturals. Welcome back to the Healthy Essentials Podcast. My name is Lindsay. I am your host, holistic nutritionist, and essential oil lover. Today, I am interviewing one of my former clients, good friends, and just like incredible human being, Sadie Webster. I have known Sadie for, I want to say like four years now, because we were in Nicaragua together, right, That's Sadie? right, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's, well, actually, no, it's more than that, because I did that when I was 17. Yeah, so I've known you for five years. Has it really been that long? It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I yeah. guess it must be. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a I'm a September yeah. baby. And yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. I've known you for five years. Okay. Well, I'm not going to stall getting into your intro though. Um, Sadie Webster. <laughs> Sadie Webster is an incredible yoga instructor here in Ottawa. I, like I said, I've been good friends with her for about five years now. I get to teach some of her yoga teacher trainers um, and trainees going through her programs right now. Sadie, Welcome aboard. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your practice, and yeah, who's Sadie Webster? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Lindsay. Um, very welcome. Yeah, I've been teaching yoga since 2008. And um, I guess kind of like you got into it after high school, I didn't really know uh, what I wanted to do. And I knew I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on schooling that eventually I might not use. Um, so at the sort of push of my my yoga teacher had kind of fallen into it when my dance teacher had uh, retired. Dance was kind of my, my movement of choice um, growing up. And then my teacher retired when I was about 18. So everything just kind of, you know, divine timing, as it were. Um, <laughs> I fell into to doing yoga and the studio owner kind of pushed me to go for my teacher training. Um, just since I didn't know what I wanted to do. She's like, well, just teach in the meantime, you can figure it out. And, you know, then you're at least doing something that you like. I'm like, okay. So I went to Thailand in 2008 and uh, did my, my teacher training over there and came back and started teaching right away. Um, and it was really challenging. Uh, I was living rurally and uh, most of my day was actually spent commuting. I was driving almost an hour between uh, each of my classes, you know, from Kempfel to Prescott and Prescott to Morrisburg and back to Kempfel again. Um, yep, life of a yoga right, teacher. <laughs> yeah. uh, and rurally, it's just you can't make ends meet when you're commuting that much. It just chews up so much of your profit in the uh, gas. So it wasn't, it wasn't feasible um, to keep doing it. So I went back to school for a little bit and um, 
kind of taught on the side and got really fat, got really miserable, got really unhappy and unhealthy, um, working a desk job for about five years. And then you and I met uh, essentially when I course corrected and got back um, more fully, I guess, um, with more presence maybe uh, on my, my yoga path. And yeah, we started taking, I started taking more training and that's when you and I met in Nicaragua. And um, yeah, I was able to quit my, my quote unquote real job, I guess, five years ago. Um, Congratulations. Then, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably would have given myself a little more, you know, I would have done it differently, but no regrets. I'm glad I did it. Well, so I- yeah, now I'm teaching full time and it's been good. Well, one of the things I like about you and, well, love, um, is that you are one of the few yoga instructors who is mostly online right now. So a lot of your, you do a lot of videos, but you also are teaching teachers, which I love. And that's, I think a big thing when it comes to creating a sustainable yoga business and practice is you have to do more than just your one, your private one-on-ones or just your classes. Cause then you're stuck in a, a one-to-one or, you know, work for pay model. And I think what you've done is you've allowed yourself to scale it but you're also impacting so many more people because they go out and they teach a class of 30 or 60 or 70 or however many people but now you're essentially just carrying forward a message and you're able to people so I think that's incredible and you've done a fantastic job at leveraging all of your your education but also just your brilliance when it comes to yoga and intuition and and all of what you do like you're a brilliant teacher Oh, thank you. Those are some really nice words. Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. Um, And I did, I loved meeting you in Nicaragua, but I think we didn't really start connecting until probably a couple years after. And that was when I was back in Ottawa, actually when I finished nutrition school. So what I want Sadie to talk about actually today is a little bit about your background, not just yoga, but when it came to healthy eating, healthy living, what are some of the approaches that you tried in the past? What worked, what didn't work? And then we can talk about when you found me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, um, yeah, body image and just kind of feeling good in my own skin has been uh, a lifelong struggle for me. Um, I was the fat kid growing up and, um, I don't know, I think it was more the, the mentality of it than actual like physicality of it, um, as a child, to be honest. And, um, it stayed with me, right? Like mental, mental stuff sticks with you. Um, so yeah, I had tried uh, a lot growing up. My mom was really supportive and had explored uh, some nutrition courses uh, herself and, you know, knew enough to to feed me vegetables and, and things <laughs> like that. Um, so I ate pretty well um, at home when I was growing up with her and, you know, uh, the, the rainbow food guide that was sort of uh, on the fridge and yep. um, you know, we knew the food groups and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think I was kind of always conscious of what I was putting in my body and that, you know, it needed good whole foods from the earth, not processed refined things from the factory um so I think that was kind of like it started really young but I struggled really young um so I did you know all the different weight loss programs uh I've done Weight Watchers I've done you know LA weight loss and 
all of them, the ones that, you know, you get in the mail and you just eat what's mailed to you and it's yeah. gross. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've done all of that. And eventually I just, I kind of got to a point where I was over 300 pounds and I was still moving and enjoying my movement. Um, but I just wasn't feeling good in my body. And it felt like, uh, like I was almost in like a suit that wasn't really part of me. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, there has to be, there has to be a better way. There has to be a way that doesn't feel like, like trying, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of when, when you came into the picture, that's kind of when I started, um, intuitive eating. I had found a book that um that sort of resonated with me um on the topic of intuitive eating and I just started really paying attention to the cues and I think I had lost um those cues of like what it feels like to be hungry and what it feels like to be full versus what it feels like to be satisfied or you know having overeaten um yeah. so it was really just a process of of awareness and I think that's kind of where the yoga really came into it for me was building um that awareness right I always already had the tools from my yoga practice to just kind of transplant those same tools into my eating so my eating became more mindful I turned the tv off I put my cell phone away and tried really hard to tap into how I was feeling every time I sat down to eat. And once I started doing that, it didn't feel like I was trying to lose weight, but it started happening really quite naturally and really quite quickly. So it didn't feel like I was changing the way I had eaten and it didn't feel like I was changing my practice because I was already moving. Um, and quite organically, just by paying attention to when I was hungry and when I was eating um, and, and things like that, it just uh, kind of fell into, I was eating between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m., partly because of my schedule and working late. Um, I need that sustenance later into the day. And uh, yeah, so that was just kind of the, the schedule that my body fell into um, naturally. And I started reading more about, hearing more about uh, intermittent fasting and sort of went, oh, that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it all happened really really organically just from paying attention, just from being more aware of, of what I was doing and how I was feeling when it came to food choices. Okay. So I have a piece of paper beside me right now and I am scribbling yeah. down so many notes because <laughs> there are so many points that I want to touch on. But one of the things I want to, um, actually, I want to give you like kudos for is you essentially your, you took everything that you, you have and you created a yoga program. It, it was voluptuous vin vinyasa. Is that right? Yeah, my voluptuous vinyasa was um, more from the the physical side of things to deal with, mm -hmm. um, like how to navigate your curbs on the yoga mat, essentially. But I have so many friends that I referred to you because they would come to my yoga class and I wouldn't know how to adjust them or how to make them comfortable in a pose because I I haven't been like 300 pounds. I haven't been in, a, like I've, I've been overweight for sure, but yeah. for my body, but I haven't actually had that experience being like, okay, pigeon pose has always felt okay for me. Yes, it kind of hurts because yeah. I have tight hips, but like, I don't know how to situate someone. So your voluptuous vinyasa, I loved because not only were you first off, oh, like owning who you are, but you also encouraged and showed other people who are in the same position that it doesn't stop you from doing what you do. And throughout this entire process, you never stopped yoga. Never. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it was, I had always moved, right? Like I danced, yeah. like I think I started, my parents put me in when I was like toddling around. I was maybe three when I started, <laughs> um, probably 
10 when I started more seriously and, um, you know, 18 ish when I switched to, to yoga, but movement had always been a big part of my life. So it never, it never stopped being a part of my life. It was just kind of the, the other stuff that like sort of came and went, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we can, and we'll touch on too, in terms of how your practices changed later on, because just I've seen you do more handstands or yeah, handstands or headstands um, or just inversions in general because your poses are easier to perform. But exactly. Yeah. And there's one, there's one experience I had this weekend too. And I think it ties beautifully into the point that I'm going to lead into next is I was having Thanksgiving dinner with my landlords and their family. And there was about eight kids there at the table and then probably like 10 or 12 of us adults. And it was funny because I was sitting beside my landlord and none of the kids were eating. They were all running around and playing. And he's like, you know, it's interesting. You'd think they'd want to eat to thrive. And I was like, they're not going to eat if they're not hungry. But when dessert came around, it was a different story. But I think that's, <laughs> that's something that a lot of us lose touch with is, you know, when, yeah. when you think of a kid and, you know, if they don't have anything else going on, they have, you know, they have, they have sports, they have activities, they're living a quote unquote normal, healthy childhood. They yeah. don't have any inclinations or strives to eat when they're not hungry or eat junk. They will run and play and then they will come in, eat as much as they feel comfortable. And they usually only eat half or, you know, 80% of their plate and it's something to pay attention to. But they're such intuitive eaters. And I think it's incredible because if they're doing it right and they're again, normal, healthy childhood, whatever that encompasses for some people, they're usually a pretty healthy weight. Yeah. So I've, I've, yeah, witnessed kind of the same thing with my, my younger siblings there, but there's a big age difference there, but um, just kind of watching them like, no, I'm like, I'm full. And sometimes they're really forceful about it. And sometimes it's, they just don't want to eat broccoli. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's interesting to watch how kids eat because yeah, like there's so much more in tune. They don't have kind of that conditioning imposed on them yet. Well, there's one other point that I want to mention before I lead into intuitive eating. The second was there was two adults sitting across from me and one was, uh, one was Russian. And then one, I believe had like an English background or so, but she said that something that she had been instilled with since she was a kid was you eat everything on your plate. And so her husband actually for Thanksgiving, she was holding one of the babies and she's like, I tell him not to put so much food on it because now I'm like, I have to eat it all because it's again, that it's that mental priming. And the other one says she does the same thing. It's like eat now or don't eat later. But I have friends who have, four older brothers and she uh she's like if I didn't eat fast and a lot I wouldn't get anything so now her when I go out to eat with her she can eat in five minutes and I take like 35 and she hates it um but yeah it's interesting too just to to hear how people have been primed and just their their beliefs around food and what their parents have instilled in them from a young age so they were also talking about okay if you're not hungry great just like you know take a couple bites you know and then come back to it later but if you want a snack and offer it to your kids later in the evening, be like, oh, do you want a snack? Here's your leftover dinner. So (laughs) it just depends if you want to eat them, (laughs) get them to eat their broccoli fresh or when it's cold. So one of the things I loved though, is when I talked to you and this was, so just to give everyone a point of reference, when you found me on Facebook, I was fresh out of nutrition school because this was probably about three, three and a bit years ago or so. Um, Yeah, something like mm -hmm. that. And I posted something on Facebook and one of the best programs I led, but also it was so exhausting. So I posted on Facebook and I didn't think I was going to get this many people, but I said, I wanted a, a trial group of people who are looking to take on, you get your own individualized meal plans, exercise plans, and coaching with me. And I had about 40 people sign up for a nutritionist. That would be a full-time client roster. 
would have been great, but I did not charge for it. So I I can't remember I told you this or not, but there was just weeks where I'd log about 80 hours sitting in a coffee shop trying to make people's meal plans and exercise plans. And then after the first week or so, I changed it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a group workout plan, a group meal plan. And then by the end of it, a lot of people were like, ah, I like the meal plan. I just, I don't, I don't crave eggs on Tuesdays. I don't crave smoothies on Thursday mornings. And then I said, I'm going to come up with a recipe um, bank and people can choose what they want to have for each meal. And that's worked beautifully for my clients right now. But I remember seeing you after the program and you had already lost a significant amount of weight when we were doing, I believe it was 30 or six, it was 60 days, I believe. Yeah. Um, two months, two or three months, one of two. And uh, I remember seeing you and I was like, what? Like, what are you doing? And you very simply just, and you look directly at me and you're like, I just stopped eating when I wasn't hungry. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, (laughs) you fell into intuitive eating and intermittent fasting before I even touched on it. I mentioned it to the group, but really what I get people to start with is eating whole, whole real foods frequently throughout the day so that they're eating enough. And a lot of the clients that I have come to me, like weight loss is one of their first issues, but it's not the first thing we address. There's a lot of nutritional imbalances and and energy and sleep and mood and uh, digestive issues that we have to clear up. And that gives them so much energy and they lose weight effortlessly. But side effect. (laughs) Yeah. Side effect. Right. And and that's what it should be. Is like weight loss should be a side effect when you clear up other health issues. Um, And and that's how you get it to feel effortless. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the big thing that I liked about, about you is you just followed those, you know, those, again, those like inclinations and those intuitions. I'm not hungry. And so now when I work with clients, I ask them, what time of day do you get hungry at? You know, when are you the most hungry? When do you feel like you need the most energy? Do you work out in the morning or in the evening and you suit it to their lifestyle? So can you walk us through in terms of what, so I know you made a lot of changes, but what are some of the changes you made? What are some of the foods you started craving and you started eating? And how did that work with your schedule and your lifestyle to make it quote unquote effortless? Yeah, well, I guess, um, yeah, I had found it when I was working my nine to five job. Um, it was really easy with just half an hour for lunch um, to just go out to get something. Um, so that was one of the things that stopped when I left my nine to five job and focused more fully on yoga. Um, I was at home more of the time. Um, I had more time to really dedicate to preparing food and kind of thinking ahead about what I was going to eat rather than just kind of like rushing home from work, you know, stopping at the grocery store on my way, being rushed, not knowing what was already in the fridge, not knowing what I even wanted to create um yeah and it was just kind of disordered and there was just no presence to it really like I just wasn't paying attention I was just flying through it um eating was just kind of another thing that I had to do it was it was really not part of my my self-care it was just kind of something that was on my my to-do list right um so that was oh that is so good yeah so it (laughs) That's such a, I am totally, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to trade. <laughs> um, eating, eating, eating wasn't part of uh, my self-care. It was uh, on my to-do yeah. list. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it happens for so many of us. Like it just becomes this mindless task that we have to do to like keep going. Right. Um, and I don't know, like fast food is easy. It's so easy to just like tap your card and like get a sandwich or whatever, um, so yeah, I think it just has to, 
you, you just got to be more present about it. If you're going to make changes, like you have to be aware that it's going to take, you know, some commitment on, on your part and you have to like show up for yourself. Um, and it's not that that's going to be easy, but it's not that it's going to be hard either. Um, I think it just comes more from, from perspective. And I just got to a point where I couldn't keep putting on weight and I didn't feel good, um, you know, uh, moving around. And since movement had been a big part when it started to become really affected and kind of impaired, um, I don't know. I just got to a point where like, I wasn't going to put up with it anymore on like any level. Um, so I did something about it and I had already tried to do lots of things that weren't sustainable. Like counting calories is not sustainable. Um, you know, even like just taking pictures of everything that I was eating was, it felt like um, just more on my to-do list and it ugh, it's already really busy on that list. So like, I don't need more yeah. on it. Um, but yeah, just kind of getting it off off my list. Um, and interestingly enough, that's kind of how I developed my daily practice too, um, was getting it off my, my to-do list and just kind of detaching from, from all of the, the conditioning and just saying like, mm, I'm just going to do it the way I, whether, you know, this nutrition person or that yoga person says I should do it differently. I'm just going to like, listen to what my body says, because mm-hmm. my body has, has some sort of wisdom, like innately, you know, without any kind of conditioning, yeah. I don't need to look outward for, for advice. I can just listen to myself. And that was enough really um, in the beginning to create some really big shifts um, physically. So yeah. Well, you you always bring and you segue perfectly because you're you're touching on the the next topic that I want to lead into, and I think that a lot of people who come to me there and I start coaching and we could be a couple months in is they start hearing what their sister's doing or their aunt's doing and how rapidly they're losing weight and I we have to take part of their session just to explain that what the plan that she's on is a 1200 cookie, like 1200 um, calorie cookie cutter plan that yes, she's losing a significant amount of weight right now, but you ask her if she wants to go out for a meal to uh, could be like pure kitchen or just like a a local restaurant. And she will say no, because it's not on her meal plan. It doesn't fit her calorie window. Like she's so regimented. So too many restrictions. Oh, exactly. Or, you know, you go for a salad or they come to me and they're like, Oh, well, I think I should try paleo or keto or vegan or, and I'm like, but, those are filled with foods you don't want to eat. Like those are, those don't match the foods that you tell me you love to eat and look forward to. So I think that's a big part is terms of, you know, finding, finding foods and meals and recipes that you really like, but also in a way that makes you feel good about consuming them and kind of, you know, keeping a mental food diary in terms of what you've had. Because when clients come on, I tell them like, okay, you might not be you might not be in, in love and infatuated with tracking your food and you might think it's a little bit more taxing and it's, it's a lot of effort, but for me to see the back end, to see what you're eating on a daily basis so we can rule things out, it's super helpful. But I found over years of coaching that some people prefer to take pictures. Some people like creating a fake Instagram account and they post it there and I can, I can see it and I can like it. Some people are really sciencey and nerdy with numbers like I am and they like seeing the back end on my fitness Yeah, they pal. want to see the graphs. And- <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and other people want to just like take a mental note or again, eat with intuition. But I think that regardless of which way you do it, there's still some sort of factor where you're like, okay, I've had, I had breakfast three hours ago yeah. or so. I'm probably going to get hungry. 
soon, what am I, what meals am I starting to create in my head? And now I want to segue into what are some of the, the tools and the tips that you were able to take from the group coaching program or, you know, my Instagram or just the ways that we work together, um, as well. Just what have you been able to take from it and integrate? And what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned? Um, I, well, I'm big on Instagram. I find myself probably too, too frequently <laughs> in like the mindless scroll hole, but, um, it, it pays off, <laughs> it pays off sometimes. Um, and I really like the post that you make about um like it's usually on the fly sometimes it's in your story but it's almost always just um like here's what I had for lunch and like it's normally some kind of salad um (laughs) (laughs) I love salads I could live off salads but it's the simplicity of it right like it's like oh I didn't have anything in my fridge so I'm having like you know this arugula and this turkey and this boiled egg and it's just simple like you know, it's just like three things that you had on hand that you prepared individually and you put them on a plate together and like, poof, it's a meal. Um, and for me, yeah. I struggle a lot with like, oh my God, like, what am I going to eat? And like, I have to Google like the meal thing. So like meal prepping for me is like a nightmare. I don't, I'm super intuitive and like, just go with the flow and on the fly. Um, so for me to meal prep, it's like horrifying. I don't want to do it. Um, but I'm inspired. It's, well, it's- <laughs> inspired that's, I'm quite happy to pay you to do my meal prep for me. <laughs> well, that was the next point I was going to say. Well, we've, we've worked together in a couple capacities yeah. for coaching, but then also for uh, meal prep. And I had a friend over uh, this past weekend and I was teaching a class and I was like, oh shoot, I have to make energy bites. And I think I made them in about three minutes yeah. or so. And she sat on the edge of my couch. I looked over after I finished rolling the last ball and she's like, those dark chocolate peppermint bites that you claim are so easy take me an hour to make she's like what the heck and I'm like you're doing it wrong (laughs) like (laughs) so one of the things I love is first off making recipes super super simple I I think whenever I create a recipe I think about it with my dad in mind and my dad is not someone who is like very well versed in the kitchen he can make an omelet and he can make a stir fry um, but it has to be super simple and it has to be one bowl, one pot, one pan, or one blender recipes, and the less ingredients, the better. And I find that the magic is in the spices. It might look like there's a long list of ingredients when usually it's like cinnamon, sea salt, black pepper, something along those lines. Not obviously not the same recipe. Well, depends <laughs> on what I'm making. It yeah. could be um, could be uh, like a spicy form of chicken. Sure. I don't know, but that's that's the big thing or what draws a lot of people in is the simplicity of it, and that meals don't have to be complicated, and they can be four or five ingredients because when you have meals to draw on, and this is why I always emphasize meal prep and, and why I prep for most of my clients is if you can have superfood nutritious snacks at your ready, so in your freezer or in your fridge that you can pull on, you don't have to worry about making the most complicated meals. It's the when the people who are drinking black coffee for breakfast, having a pastry, skipping lunch, and then grabbing fast food for dinner, that and then when they're trying to get on board, they're trying to figure out ways that they can get every missing nutrient in their diet possible in one meal that that's when they're overwhelmed so I think you you drew on a lot of good points so based off of the the tools and the tips you've been able to take and integrate how do you feel like you're in a different boat now so again not dieting choosing a sustainable program versus when you were trying some of the other weight loss plans like how do you feel mentally and physically in comparison to that uh, relieved <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that was it. I think um, with a lot of the other stuff I had tried, it felt really 
restrictive. Um, like he talked about, you know, the friend who can't go out uh, for lunch at the restaurant because like it's not included in the plan. Um, like that to me created a certain amount of, of stress for me, like all of those restrictions, just being someone um, doesn't do well with a lot of rigidity, right? Because I'm so intuitive, because I like yeah. to flow. Um, yeah, rigidity restrictions, they, it just doesn't work for me. It creates a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety that I already got enough of that. I don't need more when it comes to just trying to figure out what to put in my body. Um, so I think, yeah, like food handouts. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a really big part of it for me coming up with kind of just my own mindful approach was it really just came down to one question and it was simple and yeah. Um, so just simplicity, I think uh, there's a lot of yeah relief there when it comes to just simplifying things. And I think that applies to like anything in life. If you can simplify it, it just, it's easier. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that for sure, I'm a lot of, yeah, relief mentally um and probably just uh, puts me in a better space uh emotionally if i'm feeding myself better and flowing like that if i can put good stuff in and i feel like i'm still in flow and not restricting you know if today i want to have a piece of pizza i can still have a pizza piece of pizza because you know i'm not going to crave a piece of pizza for my next meal um and i'm in tune enough that i'm going to you know, that I'll know it. So I won't put it in. Um, so yeah, I think simplicity has created a lot of simplicity and the simplicity has created a lot of space for me. Um, and then physically, I no longer feel like I'm in um, that suit. I feel like I'm back in my body and my movement practice um, with yoga specifically. Um, yeah, you mentioned it. I'm doing a lot more like inversions. I'm doing more challenging poses for me um and yeah my practice has always kind of revolved more like I'm a pretty bendy flexy body and I try really hard to incorporate strength but uh, <laughs> but the inversions are a fun way to do that for me and it was something that I just didn't it didn't feel accessible to me um mostly because I didn't have the core strength to do it um in the bigger body and a lot of the inversions are um I don't know, like you got to get your knee on your elbow. And when you're in a more abundant body that like, there's a lot of stuff that gets in the way when you try to connect those two points. Um, so yeah. it just wasn't like physically easy to get myself into those shapes. Um, and I mean, sure, there are lots of different ways that you can, you know, do, um, I guess, like bridge those gaps. Uh, with props and things like that. And that was a lot of what I tackled in voluptuous vinyasa. Um, but I think it just created more, I don't know, more space for growth, I think, in, in my practice. I could move forward with some of the things that I'd been struggling with or, or working with for a really long time. Yeah. And I think when I just want to go back for a yeah. second, when you talk about just it freed up a little bit of your mental space, I think that's a big thing because instead of worrying about moms tell me this often, they're like, I'm at work and I'm worried about what we're going to have for dinner five hours from now. And I think that you can first off clear up a lot of mental bandwidth and just energy so you can focus your attention elsewhere. The less decisions you have to make over the course of the day of what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? How much am I going to eat? At what pace am I going to eat? Like there's so many factors that go into play. And I am jealous of people who have had no food issues their entire oh, yeah. life, just healthy weight, great relationship. I'm like, you are so, so lucky. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I lucky. think it's, um, I, think it's I, just, I don't know, I've said it before. <laughs> We're both coughing at the same time. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've said it before to like lots of other people and like food 
um, like you can get addicted to so many things, right? And food can be addictive in its own way too. Mm-hmm. But food is the only thing that like you cannot stop cold turkey, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The it's it's perfect that you actually let into that because that's the tough bit because someone who's an alcoholic or a drug addict or I don't know, like sex addict, let's keep things spicy, but they, you can stop it. Like sex, you can change, but like when you're thinking about drugs or coffee or any, any other substance, right? Yeah. You can, you can stop it, but oh, sorry, food sorry, you Lindsay, need to survive. survive. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, it looks lovely. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Okay, cool. So I'm just noting down times. Yeah, so I can start. No, no, all good. And we're going to start at the 50 mark. So just give me a second. Like with with drugs and any any other substance and like alcohol as well, they can stop. But when it comes to food, it comes down to you need it to thrive and survive, quite literally. So then it becomes something that you're making that choice every single day, and food becomes a habit, right? The time that you eat, the frequency that you eat, how much you eat, um, your beliefs around foods, those all become habits and natural like natural instincts for you. Um, we know when you go out to a restaurant you're you might be inclined to order something that you're never going to be able to have at home because either a you can't cook it or b it's not on your diet plan yeah i think that yeah and i think that a lot of people go into again approach food with that mindset of it's either now or nothing or i'm not gonna have this ever again because my diet starts on this day and i think that what you said beautifully about the pizza like i've gone out with you when we were doing one of your teacher trainings there was a break in between and like you're able to easily get food without being worried about what to eat where you're going to eat and you know if it fits your plan because you're only going to eat as much of it as your body wants exactly yeah and and i think that it just creates so much it, it takes everything out of it right if you're just listening to your body and kind of those external inputs are secondary it's it's easy right like if I'm not hungry it doesn't matter if I'm you know trying to put in kale or trying to put in pizza I'm just not hungry I'm not going to put it in um and I think yeah like all of that mentality oh there's so much mental stuff that comes around around eating and it just yeah as you said it becomes habit and second nature and I think just bringing bringing some presence back to it bringing a little more mindful about how we're eating and when we're eating and where we're eating and what we're eating. Um, yeah. Just being more present with all of those decisions and really like, do I even want to eat this? Like, that's a good question to ask too. Like, do I even want this? Like if you're standing in line at Quiznos, like, I don't know if I even want this. Like maybe I'll, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll go next door to Starbucks and get one of those little boxes with the apples in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there's, and we talked about this too, like food upgrades and substitutions yeah. and swaps, but that's after we've had people on like whole real foods for, you know, at least a couple of weeks or so. But I think yeah. that it's, it's beautiful when you can get to that place when you can essentially appreciate in terms of what you used to eat in the past or ways that you used to approach food and kind of step back and be like, oh my God, I have completely, like, and you can see the growth and the change that you've made. So I don't mm-hmm. actually think you've, you've said this though. Have you? Have you said how much weight you've lost over the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, it's been, it's about 140 pounds. Dude, you, <laughs> you, I, I tell you this every time, every time I see you, I'm like, whoo, like hot mama or like, oh, you're such a babe. 
but you don't give yourself enough credit for how much work that is. And I know that you're like, it's effortless. And you know, it, it didn't, it, it just kind of fell off. And some people are probably going to roll their eyes right now on the podcast. No, but I think that you've, you've shown that it's so possible because yeah. the, I've, I've coached lots of people in the past who, you know, they're, you know, two, three, like 350 pounds plus, and even working with the biggest loser program right now, there's a lot of people who are hesitant at first because they're like, you can feel the resistance. I'm like, whew, this is a well done steak we are trying to cut through because it's, it's years of beliefs and feelings like they're going to fail. Like this time is not going to be any different than the last approaches. But yeah. I think what you've been able to do is just say that I take it day by day, meal by meal. And I literally just listen because there's no other distractions from food, from um, you know, f- like friends, I don't know if you're playing games or something like that when you're, um, when you're eating, but no TV, things like that. So I think what you've done is just been able to take everything that you've learned over the last few years and create it into a way that works for Sadie and Sadie's plan and what foods do you enjoy in what amounts, when do you need the most amount of food and when does it feel really good for your body to eat? Uh, well, I teach mainly in the evenings. So the early part of my day is spent typically like at home. I'm quiet, like maybe I take the dogs for a walk. I'm really not very active in the early part of the day. I tend to get like my admin kind of business work uh, out of the way. And then typically I'll go out in the early afternoon and that's when I start becoming more active. So I'm still sticking to most days that kind of 2 p.m. ish to 10 p.m. ish. Um, eating schedule with my intermittent fasting mm-hmm. um I've I don't know I guess I've relaxed it a little bit um in that it's I don't know it's just become second nature I've been doing it for a couple of years now it doesn't feel um like I need to be really paying attention to like what time it is as much uh as I used to um but yeah most days I'm still eating between those hours like later in the day um, which makes sense because I'm just, I'm out and about and that's when I'm, I'm doing stuff and using my brain and using my body. That's when it's demanding stuff. Um, and I eat, uh, I like fruit. I like a lot of fruit. Um, I did, oh gosh, a couple of years ago too. Um, probably around the same time, actually, um, like maybe three-ish years ago I did, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? I don't actually know what his name is. I think he just goes by like the medical medium. Oh yes. Yes. The celery juice thing. Yeah, the celery juice thing. Yeah. Um, so before the celery juice thing was popular, I did the celery juice thing. And um, he has like a, a fruit cleanse. Um, anyway, it's like super detailed, but I essentially did a, a 20, I did 21 of the 28 days. But anyway, I did a fruit cleanse um, and I felt really good while I was doing it. And since then I've eaten um, just more fruit in general. Um, a lot of like watery fruits, like some days for breakfast, I'll just take um, like half of one of those mini watermelons and just like eat that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have for breakfast. Um, so yeah, a lot of fruits. Um, smoothies are really easy if I'm going somewhere and I'll try to throw in uh, like some hemp seeds or like some chia or maybe a handful of oatmeal just to get a little bit of protein, some fiber in there. Love it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I still grab easy stuff. Um and I'm not going to lie, Uber Eats is really convenient. So, But there are a lot of healthy restaurants on there now. So there are, yeah, like, yeah, it's true. Um, like, I'm, I'm Canada, so we've got Pure Kitchen on, my, uh-huh. on Uber Eats. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, there are some good options on Uber Eats, too. Yeah. Um, what else do I eat? I like wraps, too. I'm big on wraps. Um, I'm a firm believer that lettuce is, is a base, not a topping. So I eat salad. <laughs> <laughs> you went, 
<laughs> my rats were like yeah no on sandwiches that's weird to me i'll, I'll i will maybe make an exception <laughs> or like arugula but like lettuce <laughs> or you, and, like, no, that salad. you would have laughed because i went for t- <laughs> i went for tacos with a friend like a couple weeks ago and we yeah. split a few things and we ordered fish tacos and the waiter was like would you like tortilla or like a tortilla wrap or would you like a lettuce wrap and i remember looking over at them <laughs> And not even back at the server. And I was like, lettuce, please. And then he left. And then I said to my friend, I was like, watch. They put this in a lettuce wrap. And then they put lettuce on top. And it, I, I said to them afterwards, I was like, thanks for splitting a fish salad with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, though. I loved it. The Pico de Gallo really made it. Really made it. So I have two last questions for you, my beautiful Sadie. And the first one is, if someone was to consider you know, working with a nutritionist, working in a group program, working on developing themselves. And I really want to pull in this quote that, that you talk about when it comes to not just eating, but just health in general. It wasn't something on your self-care list. It was something on your to-do list. If someone's feeling like that right now, but they're like, what's the next step? What do I do? Should I work with a nutritionist? What would you tell them based off your experience working with me, but also the tools, the, like the tips and the tricks that you've been able to accumulate over the last few years with, um, with some help? Um, I think, I think it's important to just kind of like drill it back to yourself. Um, I'm really guilty of like always kind of like reaching out for validation and like, you know, tapping in with those um, external sources and stuff like that. The people around me to like, what what are you doing? Like, what do you think about this? Um, And I have to kind of, I don't know, most, most of the times if I'm making a decision about something, I have to sort of check in with those people and like weigh all of my anxieties and like manage all that kind of mental stuff. And then I gather up all that information and I bring it back. Um, and I just kind of sit with it and, and make it about me again. Um, and like, what's best for me and is like working with this professional going to benefit me is this person have the knowledge that I need to take the next step or does the next step really come down to just like me kicking myself in the butt um because sometimes that's a thing right sometimes it's a combination of both like you don't have the knowledge you need to take the next step and you need to kick yourself in the butt so that you can be motivated to take that next step and like act with the knowledge that you're going to gain um from working with this person but I think um I think it's important. I think everybody needs to have a better understanding of like what their body needs. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think it comes really well uh, through kind of like our public school and like our mainstream sort of education and like our, our media and news outlets. I don't think they do a very good job. Um, even, even some of our doctors and, and nurses and things like that. Um, I think there's, there's a gap there between what, is most efficient, most nutritious for, uh, for the body um, and what's sort of being like propagated. So I think it's important to, yeah, I don't know. There's fake news out there, even in the diet culture and, you know, all that sort of it's, stuff. Uh, so kind of bring it back to yourself and what resonates. Yeah. And not just, not just news, it's noise too. It's a big thing oh, that I tell sure. people because it's, it's just bouncing around between diets, but you made another really good point, And that's something I want to emphasize is, what you learn through nutrition coaching is not like what you learn in high school or university where it's like learn and burn. It's you learn and you remember and you probably repeat it to your friends and family and you share it because 
not only do you, you have an opportunity to better yourself, better your health, so that you feel like you are thriving, you have energy to do things that, you know, you've only had on your bucket list or your dream list for like, or it could be 10 years for now. I don't know. Um, but if it's something like a marathon you want to run or a swim distance that you want to do, a friend, a friend of mine is like, for fun, I'm going to swim 10 K. And I'm like, you are six foot two. So yes, it'll be faster for you, but like, get, get on you. But like whatever goal it is that you're like, oh, I can never do that. Imagine if you just had so much more energy, you slept better, you felt better. You just in general, you were a bit more of like a, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a more optimal human machine. You can do so much more, but you can also have a greater impact, a greater, a greater effect on people because you're sharing everything that you learn with them. You're not going to sit down at a Christmas dinner and watch your your poor grandma who's like struggling with arthritis and inflammation and not, you know, give her like an essential oil or a food or, you know, Oh grandma, I'm going to make you this anti-inflammatory cocktail. My nutritionist gave to me, like you're going to naturally want to share it with others. And I think that that's a, a big part is it's yes, you're doing it for you, but everyone around you as well is going to benefit immensely. Sadie, last question for you. And I love asking this of all my guests who come on, regardless of what the topic is, because I, I love hearing their, their mantra or their saying. So do you have a quote, a saying, a mantra, or just like a, I don't know, something that you live by every single day and that you either share or you teach to others or just something that you keep for yourself? What's that? What's your line? Well, um, you might have to bleep me. There's a swear word in it. Uh, <laughs> I'll mark it as explicit. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I, I use it mostly in teacher training because there's a lot of, um, I don't know, like when you're learning something new, you have a lot of questions, um, on kind of like what's allowed, right? Like what, what, what can I do? What's within my scope of practice? Hmm. Um, so it kind of developed, um, in that context, but I, I use it pretty much everywhere now. Um, so the original format of the mantra is teach whatever the fuck you want, know why you're doing it and do it responsibly. Um, and it's, it's, it can you know, <laughs> apply to almost anything. Just do, do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my mantra. And I think it just comes back to like, have an intention about why you're doing whatever you're doing um, and execute it responsibly again, like whatever you're doing, like make sure that you, you know, have the knowledge to do it, make sure that you're not going to be hurting somebody else or hurting yourself or, or anything like that. Um, be responsible about it and uh, know why you're doing it. And then, yeah, give her. <laughs> I love that. And I was going to say, if I can summarize it in three words and it's, it doesn't do as well, or doesn't do it as justice. I would just say it's you do you. And yeah, I, I, I say that to my friends all the time. I'm like, you want to do what? you do you yeah. man you do you yeah so I think that you've you've done such an incredible job just taking us through your journey and I know we only touched on a couple of the the highlights and the big points but if someone wants to learn more about you and Sadie and you know take one of your teacher training it's because I am pulling the microphone up to my face just so people can hear and <laughs> and make sure that I'm emphasizing this point Sadie is an incredible teacher for teachers as well as students but like teachers so if you want to learn from someone who has gone through it all who has essentially is just rocked the yoga community in the best way possible because she is so authentic there's no and excuse my language there's no yoga bullshit I have worked in so many yoga studios and teachers really do annoy me because they think that they're superior they think that they're walking on a cloud and I'm like you are not you're a human being who teaches yoga and you deliver a fantastic message but you are not 
Like you're not above anyone else. And I think Sadie, one of the reasons why I love you so much is because you're so real, you're so authentic and you're easy to connect with and talk with. And you're a fantastic person to learn from. And it takes the intimidation and it takes the, the scariness out of doing a teacher training because people can realistically see themselves teaching because you demonstrate that so beautifully. So where can we find you and well, how can we work with you? <laughs> well, thank you. Again, those are a lot of very nice words. So thank you. You're very uh, welcome. My, my website, super easy, Sadie, S-A-D-I-E dot yoga. Uh, most of my offerings are there and you can follow me Instagram and Facebook. Uh, same, same at Sadie dot yoga. I love it. And when's your next teacher training coming up or when do you have your next event coming up? Uh, still in the works um, for specific dates, but next teacher training is starting in late January, early February. Wicked. Okay. Awesome. I will share it with my people as well, but yes, if you need a, is it a 200 or 300 or both? It's going to be a 200 hour. Yeah. Wicked. If you need your, like just your entry, I feel like this is where everyone starts. They start with their 200 hour and then they go from there. Sadie not only does the 200, she also does the 500 hour total as well. Um, And Yin, any other things you do that I'm missing? Uh, Yoga Nidra. Oh my gosh. Yes. I need to go to one of those in the Salt Lake Caves. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ah, Wicked. Thank you so much, Sadie, for being a guest on our show today. I will link all of the details so everyone can find you, plug along, um, and they can essentially become a part of your community. But I just want to say one last time that you are an incredible human being. I'm so thankful to have met you, coached you, and now become a really good friend of yours. So thank you so much for for being a, a ray of sunshine. Oh, thanks, Lindsay. I can say all the very same about you. <laughs> and that is it for today's podcast episode. We have one more to go in the season. That's with Julie Danilek. Like I said, if you have not jumped in on the giveaway, make sure that you do. You're missing out over, on over, I guess, like 20 yeah, $2,600 worth of goodies that you can either gift or keep for yourself or you can give them to someone in need. Um, make sure that you check out the details for the Healthy Essentials Challenge that kickstarts on January the 6th and it runs till February the 6th. I'll also be giving away some awesome goodies in there. But you can invite friends and family and anyone really that you want to do the challenge with you. The more support, the better. All of the details are in the show notes below. I hope you guys have a rocking rest of your day and get ready because we are wrapping up one of the best years yet. I'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks for listening.